Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. I'm excited to introduce you to one of my friends, a church member, Roger Naranjo. Now, he has an incredible story. He didn't necessarily grow up committed to God or having the best relationship with him, but once he did, and he felt like God was asking him to do something, Roger decided to put God first, and God immensely blessed him because of it. It's an inspiring story, and one that is, I know, going to bless you, inspire you, encourage you. So, here is our guest this week, Roger Narano. Roger, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Um, we, uh, we've been working on getting you on here for probably about a year or, or more. We, we initially talked about this, and finally I, uh, I texted you this week and was like, Roger, you need to, you need to be on the, guest, uh, on, on the show and share your story. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, uh, where are you from? Kind of how, what was your, your background, spiritual background? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, am a, I was born and raised in uh, Colorado around the Loveland-Fort Collins area. Okay. And I come from a large family. Uh, there were 10 of us siblings in the family. Wow. And unfortunately, my father passed away when I was 12 years old. And he was the spiritual leader of our, of our family. Mm. I can remember he was very uh, uh, adamant and very sincere about his Catholic religion. Mm. And uh, as a young child... Uh, I was actually an altar boy in in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and I can recall my father uh, having family worship with the family just about every evening. Wow! And uh, it seemed like after he passed away, uh, my mother had a little harder time controlling all of us. <laughs> and uh, my church and spiritual life started waning. Mm. And actually, pretty much was a non-practicing Christian Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up until I got married. Wow. Wow. So, how'd you meet your wife? <laughs> actually, we knew each other in high school. Uh, we went to uh, uh, Berthet High School in Colorado. And we really didn't meet in high school. We had seen each other. Mm-hmm. We knew each other. It was uh, after high school that we met. Okay. And it was at a friend's of mine's, and uh, somehow she was, we, we just connected. I, it was just one of those things. <laughs> and uh, we had a relationship, and she had gone off after, I had already been graduated. She was a senior in high school. So after high school, she had gone on to nursing school, and it was after that that, she, that we got married. Wow, wow. So what you, you said that you were a non-practicing Catholic until you got married. What happened after you got married? Did that suddenly change? Did your wife have an influence on that? What, my tell, wife tell had somewhat of an influence on it. Uh, my wife was, was, came from a Seventh-day Adventist family. Okay. And uh, early on after our son was born... Uh, she had stated that she wanted to, when he got school age, and she took him to church, and mm-hmm. I occasionally went to church, you know, and uh, 
But when he became school age, she said, I want to send our son to church school. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really had no objections to it. And uh, I had started going to church. I, I, I worked construction, and I worked just about all the overtime I could, you know, to, mm -hmm. to get the money and uh, to help support my family. But uh, she, I, I guess I started getting more involved, and there was a pastor in our church that took a special interest in me and actually took me to a Bible study class with George Vanderman. Oh, wow. Wow. And... And just explain, maybe some of our listeners don't know who that is. Who's, who's George Vandeman? George Vandeman was a very prominent uh, Seventh-day Adventist pastor, director of It Is Written program, uh, very influential man. Wow. And uh, also, that's when Ronnie Man Lonnie Malashenko was working with him. Oh, wow. So I really enjoyed that, that Bible study time. And... I didn't join the church at that point. I, I didn't pursue it. And it was shortly after that. Uh, it was in 1979. We got married in 1970. It was in 1979 when I got transferred to do a job in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm. And we had gone to an evangelistic meeting. And it was at that point where the pastor and the evangelist uh, came to visit us at our home. And I made the decision to get baptized. Wow. And how did that change your life? Or did it? Did the yes, it did. It, it, it did. It did. Uh, you know, through the course of the Bible studies I had, and uh, just the truth that was coming from the Bible and the teachings. And somehow... Let me back up just a little bit. And after we had gotten married, three weeks, three weeks after we had been married, my mother passed away. Mm. And I, I, I just had this sense that what death meant at that point was not true. Mm. And I later learned that, you know, what death really is, is asleep. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have a, a hard time grasping the concepts of the truth that the Bible was saying mm. about death and, and, and the Sabbath and mm -hmm. you know, all, all, everything that, that the 27 fundamental beliefs, mm -hmm. that 28 now, I guess, <laughs> that we believe in. Yeah. And uh, it did change me. Uh, it was something about the Sabbath that probably struck me the most because I had been working a lot of Sabbaths, a lot of Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I decided I need to change. Hmm. And uh, got transferred back home and started another job. So... So I guess that made it a little bit easier to come into a new job and say, hey, I don't want to work Saturdays. Did, or or how, how did you find that? Well, that, it, it was, it was a, uh, a challenge, so to speak. <laughs> uh, we were, 
into the job quite, you know, for, for a few months. And there was, in my opinion, uh, I, I was the foreman, and my supervisor had stated to me one morning that right before we started working that I needed to have the crew work that Saturday. Mm. It was Friday when, he, when, he, when this happened. Mm-hmm. He said, you need to work tomorrow on Saturday. And so my, my head is starting to spin <laughs> and put everybody, you know, gave everybody the job assignments. And I, I told my, my supervisor, Ron, I says, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. And I explained to him fully what my beliefs were and that I could not work. And that I would not work. Mm-hmm. And we had quite a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, and maybe explain a little bit, um, because some of the Adventists are a little bit unique. Uh, most churches, you know, they worship Sunday, and, and there's not a whole lot left of Sabbath sacredness anymore. You know, it used to be 100 years ago that, you know, people wouldn't work on Sunday and, and that they take the whole day as a Sabbath. But that's kind of been lost a lot recently, where, where Sunday's just another day, except you just go to church in the morning. Um, but as Seventh-day Adventists, we kind of cling to, you know, what what America had a hundred years ago where we take the entire day of Saturday as a Sabbath. And I don't know, can you explain just a little bit, you know, why why you didn't feel comfortable working on that day? Well the Sabbath is really it was set up by the Lord for us to worship and rest and have fellowship mm. on that day. And to me Working for an income was not part of that concept, mm, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just the, it's just the the the. I, I don't know what you would call it the the. Belief in in that that you can absolutely forget about everything, trust that God is going to take care of you, and have peace for a day. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And so you're here trying to explain this to your boss and, and saying, yeah, I can't do this. And he, he, was, uh, he was very, very far from being any kind of a Christian. Oh. And uh, so he was very adamant and telling me that you are going to work. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm going out to work. I said, we can have the discussion later. But I'm telling you, I will not work. I will have the crew. I said, whoever is available, if they want to come into work. Mm-hmm. And the day went on, and he approached me again right around noontime. And uh, I, I told him again, I, I said, Ron, I says, I, I am not going to work. Mm-hmm. So he left it at that. And there were a couple of times he came by and just kind of, I don't know if you'd say teasing me or prodding me, whatever mm-hmm, you want to call mm-hmm. it, uh, about not working. And finally, it was getting close to uh, the end of the day, and he had approached me and asked me if I was going to work. And he was very serious at that point. Mm. And I told him, no, I'm not. And I says, the crew's lined up to work if, if they absolutely need to. Mm-hmm. And I just explained to him that, you know, I, I told you what I believe, and I'm, I'm adamant about not working. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, he says, are you willing to give up your 
job for that? And I said, absolutely. Wow. I says, uh, I, I, says I, I firmly believe that the Lord will take care of me. Mm-hmm. And he walked probably about 20 feet away. And he stopped. And he turned around and he came right back, I mean, right in my face. And said, you would willingly give up your job for your beliefs. And I said, absolutely. And he looked at me, he backed up a little bit, and he says, you don't have to work. Wow. Wow. You know, so at that point, I, I just said to myself, thank you, Lord. Yeah. It's obviously a miracle. <laughs> wow. Yes, it is. Yes, wow. it is. And from that point on, I worked for a very large construction company. And from that point on, uh, I never had another issue about working on the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, there was one time that everybody who is a salaried person uh, has to present a program at what they what we call the Saturday morning breakfast meeting, mm. some type of a safety topic. Mm-hmm. So when my turn came, uh, I was really not worried about it because everybody, even the corporate office, knew what my stance was. <laughs> they actually sent a team of two people with video recording equipment, recorded my portion of it. <laughs> To present at the meeting. Wow. wow. Know, they, it was that accommodating. I, I, my company and my bosses were very understanding. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And, and it just goes to show how God is, is willing to be with you and to stand for you if you're willing to stand for him and, and put him first to make him your priority. Absolutely. So we have you know, listeners that, I don't know, they may not be facing the same situation that you have. Maybe um, you know, they, they may not be facing having to work Sabbath or you know, anything like that. But, but let's say we have listeners who are facing a different situation where they have to choose between serving God and, and serving man. And maybe it means losing a paycheck. And, and I know how scary that can be. What would you say to someone who may be on the fence, who's, who's weighing the, the, the decision right now of, of what they should do? What would you say to them? Probably what I would say is search your heart. You know, how do you feel about it? You know, if you feel that it's the truth, if you truly believe that that God will take care of you, that he will open another door, you know, and circumstances are different, but I would say trust your inner feelings. Mm. You know, if, 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 if you feel that it's the truth and you're... you're you're, you're, I don't know exactly how to state it, but if you're, if, if you're wanting to lead a spiritual life, trust that the Lord will take care of you. Yeah, and he will. And at times it's hard. It's very hard, especially when you have a family. Yes. And looking back, you can see, you know, well, obviously it was the right decision because, you know, God, God provided. But, yes. you know, you don't know that in the situation. And, no, and sometimes God doesn't always answer the way we want him to. No, you don't. And I was, I was, I don't know, it, it just, it's just something that I, I believed in. And 
I was going to stand firm. Yeah, yeah. And God blessed you for that. Such an incredible story of the way God blesses us when we honor Him and, and stand up for what we believe is right. Thank you, Roger, for sharing that with all of us. Next week, we have another inspirational guest. Lucas Miles will be joining us. He's a uh, film director, author, speaker, and pastor. And uh, he, he is the pastor of the Influence Church. And um, he's also a huge part of the Influence Network. So here is a quick excerpt from next week's program with Lucas Miles. In today's culture, especially in the younger culture, we use this term influencer all the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, what that typically means is somebody who has a decent social media following, who a lot of times gets free products in exchange for talking about brands on their on their platform. And, you know, that might be a social media influencer, but that's not really the highest level of influence that there is. And so um, I think when we look at our lives, we have to recognize that that we have a degree of influence in our world that nobody else possesses. That episode will be right here on Stories of Faith and Hope next week. You can find links to subscribe at our website, faithandhoperadio.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Subscribe to us on those platforms. Rate us, give a five-star rating, write a review. We always appreciate those. Uh, Music for this episode, as always, was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. You can find us on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Hope you have a wonderful week, and until next time, have faith and hope. <laughs>